We meet today in Psalm chapter 18. Psalm chapter 18. This is David's praise when God delivered him from the hand of Saul. Psalm 18 is almost identical to 2 Samuel chapter 22, which is also attributed to David. This psalm was probably written towards the end of David's reign, as indicated by its position in the Samuel materials, and it constitutes a praise song for all of God's deliverance through the years. I would like to quote from Peron, who said some wonderful things about David's experiences as revealed in this psalm. Here is what Peron says. In this magnificent hymn, the royal poet sketches in few grand outlines the tales of his life, the record of his marvelous deliverances and the victories which Jehovah had given him, the record too of his own heart, the truth of his affection toward God, and the integrity of purpose by which it had ever been influenced. Throughout that singularly checkered life, hunted as he had been by Saul before he came to the throne and harassed perpetually after he became king by rivals who disputed his authority and endeavored to steal away the hearts of his people, compelled to flee for his life before his own son, and engaged afterward in long and fierce wars with foreign nations, one thing had never forsaken him, the love and the presence of Jehovah. By his help, he had subdued every enemy, and now in his old age, looking backward with devout thankfulness on the past, he sings this great song of praise to the God of his life. These are wonderful words, and they come from the book of Psalms, page 192, uh, the book by Peron. Isn't it wonderful? He is now looking back, David, with a heart that is full of gratitude, and then he sings this great song of praise to the God of his life. Everything this expositor has said is true. He has given the local contemporary interpretation of that psalm, you see. However, there is also a deep meaning to this psalm than the expositor gave us here. Some of the utterances that are called poetic figures are more than figures of speech. These utterances speak of the Son of God, the Anointed One of God, Christ our Savior, in his suffering. Someone has labeled this psalm all the way from the jaws of death to Jehovah's throne. You see, my friend, we are living in a world where a lot is said about love, and many think that the subject of love is foreign to the Old Testament. That is not true. This psalm actually speaks of love. Notice how it opens. Psalm 18 verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Now, my friend, when was the last time that you told the Lord that you loved him? To tell him that you love him is one of the most wonderful things you can do. Praise toward God 
begins because he loves us and he has provided a salvation plan for us. Salvation is now readily available in him. He preserves us and by his providence, he watches over our lives. When was the last time you said to the Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord, and I lift my hands to you. I lift your name. I exalt you. I adore you. It is good to love the Lord. David loved the Lord. Notice that the Lord is also called my strength. He found his strength in the Lord. Psalm 18 verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. There are many words here that have been used to describe the Lord. And what a relationship to have with God. And then you know and conceive him as your rock, your fortress, your deliverer, your God, your strength, your shield, and the horn of salvation. Not just the horn of salvation, but also the stronghold or the, the high tower, if you like. You see? David calls the Lord his strength, his rock, his fortress and deliverer. In all of this, he is the savior, if you like. He says then, he is the strength, he is the shield, the horn and the stronghold. He is my shield. You see, as a shield, he protects me. He is my horn, he is my power. By laying hold of the horns of the altar. A person would be safe from his attackers, you see. This is how we need to hold on to our God today. The Lord, our Savior, is our horn. He is our high tower. A high tower is also a good place for protection and a good place to get a vision and a perspective of life. Many of us need to go to the high tower and even have an excellent view of the world. Sometimes we panic, sometimes we even wallow, self-pitying ourselves. We need to go to the high tower. There we will get a better vision, a better view of life, particularly when we look at life from God's point of view. Then instead of being sad, we will have every reason to rejoice. The psalmist says, he is my high tower, he is my stronghold. This verse also contains excellent names for our God. The word that interests me a great deal is the personal pronoun that is also used. My, M-I, M-Y, or mine, M-I-N-E. You see, David says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. It is one thing to talk about the attributes of God. And it is another thing even, it is one thing to talk about the attributes of God and say that he is omnipotent. But the important thing is to say, he is my strength. It is one thing to say that he is a shepherd. But David could say, the Lord is my shepherd. And he is. But it is altogether different to say, he is my shepherd. When someone can say he is a shepherd, indeed God is a shepherd, but when he becomes your shepherd, it makes a difference. 
Can you say that the Lord is my shepherd? Can you say that he is my stronghold? Can you say that he is my high tower? He is my horn. He is my shield, my strength, my deliverer. He is my rock and my fortress. Can you say that, my friend? You can only say that when you first of all respond to his invitation to take Jesus as the only one who gives you salvation by the atoning sacrifice that he paid for you on Calvary's tree. Psalm 18 verse 3 I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from my enemies. Now the word that is important here is worship. If you like. Worship comes from the Anglo-Saxon word worthy. And here David says I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. You see David sang I will call upon him. Why? Because he knew that it is only God who is worthy to be praised. Who are you giving your worship? Worship belongs to God and to God alone because he is worthy of worship. Worthy of worship, worthy of praise, worthy of bowing and bending of knees. He is worthy. He is worthy. Psalm 18 verse 4. The pangs of death surround me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Once again, the psalm reaches out and touches the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this case, it's now actually talking about the way that Jesus suffered there. Bishop Horn saw something else in this psalm. Let me quote again from this man. Let us suppose King Messiah, like his progenitor of old, is seated upon the throne. From hence, let us imagine him taking a retrospective view of the suffering he had undergone, the battles he had fought, and the victories he had gained. With this before our minds, we shall be able in some measure to conceive the force of the words, with all the yearnings of affection, I love thee, O Jehovah, my strength, my union with whom I have finished my work and now exalted to praise thee in those who are redeemed. Now, whenever we sing this psalm, let us think, we are singing in conjunction with our Savior, risen from the dead, a consideration which surely will incite us to do it with becoming gratitude and devotion. This is quoted from the book of Psalm, page 82, uh, written by Bishop Horn. Now, the picture that you have here is to see Jesus Christ as the Messiah, looking back at all the suffering that he had gone through, and also to see that he is singing the praises of God, knowing that the salvation plan had been accomplished, and now man is on the right course if only man will choose. What does he do? He praises God for it. Now, what a picture. This, my friends happens to be a psalm, we can join him in singing. We can join the psalmist, we can join the Lord Jesus in singing. Listen to him now as he recounts his experiences, and I think this presents the life of David in a limited way, but more especially 
the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he says, the pangs of death surround me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Psalm 18 verse 5 to verse 6. The sorrows of Sheol surround me. The snares of death confront me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Notice again there is that word, my God. And what happened? God responded because he was his God. And what happened when the Lord Jesus was brought back from the grave? The next few verses tell us, in actually in the following section, the first person possessive pronoun changes to the third person, and now it is referring to the Lord. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken, because he was angry. He was angry with sinful men for what they had done to his son. The Gospels tell us that when the stone was rolled away from the grave, from the tomb, there was an earthquake. What else took place in the heavens, which corresponds to the following verses, we do not know. But here is Psalm 18, verse 8 to verse 11. Smoke went up from his nostrils, devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherubim and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the sky. You see, there was darkness on the day that Jesus was crucified. Who did all this? Well, the Lord was responding. But what happened in heaven? Some of the things that must have happened in heaven have been made mention of. Psalm 18 verse 13. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. You see, this psalm began using the pronoun my. Then it changed at verse 7 and talked about what God has done. Now, in this next verse, it is he and me. Well, that may be bad grammar, but that is the way it is here put, he and me. It is put there by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There is a reason for it, my friend. Psalm 18, verse 16 and verse 17. He said, from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. You see, the language has changed. He delivered me from my strong enemies. Or how you and I need a personal, vital relationship with God. Let's come to grips with him. He has delivered us from the enemy, the strong one. Do you need help today? Do you need a partner today? I want to recommend one to you. He will never desert you. 
He will never leave you alone. He will never forsake you. He says, Behold, I am with you always to the ends of the earth. That is the reason that I depend on him more and more than I depend on anyone else. That is also the reason you should depend on him instead of depending on any human being. You see, he will never leave you. Psalm 118 verse 8 says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Here is Psalm 18 verse 43 to verse 45. You have delivered me from the strivings of the people. You have made me the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall save me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey. The foreigners submit to me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. You see here, the more status some Christians gain in their career and community, the less vocal they become about their faith in Christ. As a result, these believers often squander the excellent opportunities God gives them to influence others towards the gospel. By contrast, David committed himself from the beginning of his reign as the king of Israel to making God's name known among the neighboring kingdoms. Psalm 18 was composed at the time when David realized that the kingdom was his. He felt humbled and amazed at the position God had given him, realizing that foreign nations would follow his leadership. He was determined to tell them about the great God who had delivered him from the hand of Saul. That is what we see in these verses. By giving thanks to the Lord and singing praises, David hoped to influence his neighbors so that they too would fear and follow God. God wants you to have a similar kind of witness with the people who live around you. Are you willing to speak up for the Lord Jesus wherever God has placed you in work, in neighborhood, in community, in church. He are you a witness. David was, and indeed even Christ himself became a wonderful witness. Psalm 18 verse 48. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent Man. Of course, the violent man is certain. When Jesus conquered death and rose from the dead, God had delivered him from the violent man. The violent man thought he was winning, yet he was actually losing in the death of Christ. For through the death of Christ Jesus, uh, he won many people to God the Father. Psalm 18, verse 49 to verse 50. Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. Great deliverance he gives to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. You see, God extends his mercy to us today. This marvelous psalm closes on a note of praise to God. All that there might be praise in your mouth and mine, in your life and mine, in your heart and mine. Let there be praise, not towards people, but towards God.
what does deliverance have to do with mercy here? Well, everything given, the meaning of the Hebrew word translated often as mercy, chest, we have a lot. In the Old Testament, mercy includes the idea of God's faithful follow-through on his promises. Praise to God. All give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. You see, not only does Paul cite verse 49 in Romans chapter 15 verse 9 with reference to David's Lord, but the reference also to the seed and forevermore clearly indicates that this passage is carried well beyond the psalmist and it depicts the deliverance of the Messiah Savior from the enemy certain. As great as the deliverance of David was, the resurrection of Christ was much, much greater. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.